welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, where we are well within car launch season, which means new liveries, new chatter, and we thought what better way than to release another WTF1 podcast for you guys and your pleasure, and to just discuss the, our opinions and uh, a few talking points from, from some of the car launches that have happened, and of course, we have a couple of people next to me virtually, one of them being Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder, if you didn't know. Um, how are you, Tommy? You uh, you well? You you, you found found anything else? What, what, you know what? Since the last podcast, no, I haven't. I'm enjoying my last day of childhood because it's my birthday tomorrow. So I'm, I'm going to be an adult tomorrow, finally. An adult yeah. tomorrow? Wait, you're like aren't you like forty two? Um, so what, wait, so that makes you don't remember. I'm set, <laughs> um, thirteen according to most of the comments. That's <laughs> true. So what are you actually? Thirty two tomorrow. I thought no, it was 57. That's, that's an actual joke. And Katie. Yes. Welcome back. Are you going to ask me my age? Of course. And resident. No, never. That is rude. Are you 58? <sighs> the face cream is very good that I use. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Tommy that's particularly deceiving with his age because everyone thinks, how on earth has he been around for 10 years of WTF1? Anyway. I digress. We carry on. Uh, car launches, of course. Uh, and one of the, the main talking points at the moment was Haas that was launched today. And uh, there's a few questions that, that you guys got involved with using the hashtag WTF1 podcast. Uh, Andy ShipX says, how or why have the uh, FIA approved the Haas livery when it's so clearly representing Russia and the athlete driving the car? I love the way that Andy went around not naming who's driving for them. Um but of course, yeah, there's this whole debacle, isn't there, where Russia can't compete in any sort of tournaments and no one can represent them. Right, Tommy? And I, and I hear in my ear, correspondent Tom Bellingham on the ground uh, has some more information for us. Yeah. So if you don't know, uh, I mean, to answer uh, Andy's question, the understanding is, yes, it's been approved by the FIA because I guess liveries need to be just in case there's anything maybe inappropriate on them. Uh, but if you didn't know, in 2009, uh, the World Anti-Doping Agency uh, banned Russia essentially from competing or like being represented in sports. So if you watch athletics or other sports, you'll notice a lot of the time the Russian athletes have a neutral flag. Uh, and in February this year, it was announced that uh, that would extend to Formula One because it's a world championship. So... Uh, Mazepin and uh, Kvyat, I guess if Kvyat ends up returning uh, as he is the Alpine reserve driver this year, they won't, they're not allowed to race under the Russian flag. Um, now I was reading into this and credit to racefans.net that said uh, he is not allowed to bear the image of the Russian flag or its national symbols such as the two-headed eagle on his sporting equipment, in this case his car, However, he may incorporate the colours of the Russian flag. And I mean, it's a Russian flag, isn't it? <laughs> Let's be honest. It's not even just the colours. The livery is pretty much a Russian flag draped over the car, which I can understand why a lot of people maybe aren't particularly happy about it because, you know, there's this ban where you're not allowed to represent Russia and you'd argue that for, you know, Mazepin to have a tiny little Russian flag next to his name or even a Russian flag on his helmet is probably arguably worse and he's representing them even more to have that livery. 
that's essentially a Russian flag as a livery. This is news as well that's not just stuck to Formula One, like other publications are picking this up because it is a very controversial thing. Uh, like Tommy said, the FIA have approved the livery, so they have said that it's it's okay, but uh, certainly a surprise, I think, for quite a lot of us. I was messaging Tommy this morning and saying, oh, I'm predicting that the Haas livery is probably going to be the same kind of colour scheme that we saw last year. And then we were presented with that. And like everybody's first thought, it's literally just Russia on a car, isn't it? Um, I suppose Haas could try and twist it to be like, oh, it's the red, white and blue of the American flag. But anyone with a brain cell looks at that car and thinks, Russia. Um, but the thing that has probably influenced this as well as uh, Mazepin racing for them this year is they have a new title sponsor uh, called Ural Kalai. I hope I've pronounced that okay, which is a Russian potash fertilizer producer and exporter. So there you go, That's something okay. for you to know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> naturally very uh, linking to F1 that. Um, and yeah, that's almost as uh, badly linked as the, um, uh, the, the bad sponsors uh, we did the other, yeah. wasn't it, the other week? And it was the uh, the, the men's genitalia one. <laughs> yeah, Tokyo uh, Clinic. Mon, I think, with uh, McLaren. Yeah, that's a, a weird sponsor. Um, but there are links there. Um, Dimitri Mazepin, which is Nikita Mazepin's father, uh, he is deputy chairman of the board of directors there. In December 2013, um, Dimitri Mazepin acquired a 20% stake in the world's largest potash producer, which is the Ukraine, Um And that was estimated to be worth about $2.9 So about a week's worth of pocket money for Nikita Mazepin. Cool. Um, our done zero says, will Gene Haas eventually sell his team to the title sponsor? You have to wonder, um, you know, there's a few rumblings of uh, of other teams wanting to, to join Formula One, which is brilliant. You know, you wonder as, the, you know, things progress and everything goes more towards electric, whether um, car manufacturers would, would want to stay in Formula One. But um, that there seems to be a little bit of interest there. And, yeah, you do think maybe Gene Haas has had enough pain now uh, with everything that's gone on. You know, you've had rich energy sagas. You've, of course, had the Mazepin thing, which is ongoing. Um, and yeah, you do wonder whether he just wants to bow out <laughs> pretty soon and just take the paycheck and get out. Yeah, G- going back to uh, Katie's point, actually, very quickly, the with the Ural Kali, I don't even, I genuinely don't know how to yeah. say. Yeah, um, I just, I just read it as Alkali. Yeah, like yeah. Ural you know, So, <laughs> so you mentioned about the the title sponsor and they might claim it. I was actually looking into the the title sponsor and the corporate colours of them are green and red so it's not even like they can claim that it's to do with that sponsorship um it almost makes it even more clear that it's a deliberate sort of move from team Mazepin to essentially say let's get the Russian flag on the car and you know cover it in a big Russian flag because yeah the corporate colors are are green and red so you think naturally you know if you look at BWT or even Red Bull or Rich Energy or whatever, a lot of the time the title sponsor determines what colour scheme the car is. Um, but here, you know, it's, it's a green and red sponsor logo, but they've even changed their own corporate brand colours to make it even more uh, Russian. But anyway, back to the uh, Gene Haas thing. But, or before, you, before you go to that, I just want to say, from my opinion, it's a bit tasteless, personally, the fact that 
clearly there's so much so many strings being pulled within Haas and obviously the the Russian side of things and I just just doesn't sit right with me um how it I don't, I don't know what words that would would be best to describe it but just money talks to see it <laughs> yeah well yeah money does talk definitely um but it is yeah it's just so weird to see a brand get overhauled by one person in this way like we've seen obviously pay drivers come in etc but to see it done in this way and it is almost like every loophole they can find they will they will jump through and yeah i don't know it just sits doesn't sit right with obviously the whole situation doesn't sit right with me anyway and this just makes things even worse i mean we look at mick schumacher he's you know the, the hype around him and you know the fact that he's gone into a team that's been receiving a huge amounts of backlash I, I do feel sorry for him um but you know he's he's no sort of unknown he's, he's michael schumacher's son and the fact that he's kind of roped in all of this as well yeah i don't know just it feels weird it feels like a one person team and it's not mick schumacher yeah and it says it all that if you look at the um the the sponsorship you know, it's pretty much all gone. A lot of that Russian flag is covering huge gaps on the car. Essentially, they've got, uh, you know, the title sponsor and a new sponsor, one and one. And that is about it, um, pretty much. So, you know, even even some of the lower teams have There's more small than... sponsors on the bottom, yeah, isn't but, but like, like Under Armour, I saw, and things like that. But like they yeah, are tight. I think, so. I think there's about five sponsors overall for the whole team, which if you look at someone like McLaren, they're absolutely plastered in them, and a lot of other teams are as well, even small, you know, smaller companies. But yeah, it does very much seem like, like you say, Mick Schumacher almost completely forgotten in this, and it is just Team Mazepin, which back to the, the Gene Haas question, it is very much looking like that team is going to become Team Mazepan in the future. It really doesn't feel like a Haas anymore. Um, you know, I wrote something on my the Twitter that imagine telling an outsider, you know, a family member or friend that doesn't know about Formula One and they're watching it and you go, see that car with the big Russian flag on? That's the American team in Formula One, especially with the history between those two countries. I knew you'd bring up your banging tweet, Tony. <laughs> I knew you would. But it's just like... <laughs> It's so strange, isn't it, to think, you know, the American flag has now gone from the Haas. It doesn't feel like a, it is there. an it's American tiny. team at all. It's a tiny, tiny American tiny. flag yeah. amongst the Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah, on the, near the base tiny. of the car. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I mean, Minus it's fuel. very minimal. And, the the yeah, the Russian flag is essentially predominantly the livery now. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is just uh, a kind of... Uh, like moving over phase to for, from it being has to essentially team russia or team mazapin or team Uralkali or whatever they want to call it yeah even the has logo has changed to incorporate the red white and blue so there's plenty of changes going on but i think when it was announced that gene has uh was coming into formula one obviously he's somebody that has pre-existing teams in motorsport there was a lot of excitement about it but it just hasn't worked as well as obviously he was hoping. I don't know if he came into F1 with the attitude that things just work out in his way, because certainly when we've seen him on things like Drive to Survive, he seems to have a very relaxed attitude. And uh, there's been quite a lot of controversy around the Haas team in the short time they've been in Formula One, whether that's with the rich energy sponsorship and how badly that went sour, 
to now obviously hiring Mazepin as one of their drivers. Um, even he wasn't really the a name. Ferrari, that was their first. Like yeah. even them coming straight into the sport, they've never been yeah. shy of controversy, have they? So no, and it just it surprises me as like the fact that Gene Haas, like that's his name. His name is being dragged through the mud with every single controversy they have. And he still seems relatively uns- like unscathed and unbothered by it. So perhaps he's just ready to rinse his hands of F1. He doesn't care anymore. And we could see him departing the sport. But obviously, for reasons, I would rather him stay than have a, a team Mazepin. But <laughs> that's just personal opinion. I shiver at the thought. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he- Gene has feels a little bit better when he's on his yacht. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. His his uh, his name is very much being memed out of and uh, a lot of negative sentiment towards towards the team, which is completely and utterly fair. Um, we interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode, Beer 52. How does a free case of eight Belgian craft beers sound? You can celebrate the country's ancient and world-famous beer expertise with a case of eight craft beers from some of their finest breweries for free. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 and cover the £5.95 postage and Beer52 will deliver them straight to your door. But remember, you have to be over 18. Beer52's beer boffins are on a mission to find the very best beer anywhere on the planet. Every month they visit a different country, find the best small batch breweries, sample their finest craft beer and then carefully curate a case to be sent to their lucky members. It's a hard job, but someone has to do it. Each case also comes with the award-winning beer magazine, Ferment, as well as a tasty snack to enjoy with your beer. There's no minimum commitment, you can just take the free case, try the beers and see what you think. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel at any time. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 to claim your free case of eight craft beers. But remember, 18 over. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1. Right, back to the podcast. So, interesting, one more question on on Haas and it's uh, from Coldery Philip. Or Philip Caldery. Uh, could Rich Energy be with Haas as they said they would become title sponsors next year? I mean, <laughs> imagine that. Imagine if Rich Energy popped up in the, the first race in Bahrain as well. Uh, I, I think Rich Energy were chatting out of their asses, to be honest. But um, yeah, it, it, people are saying maybe Williams. No, I, don't know. I think. I mean, this could age really badly because the Williams is getting released tomorrow. And, you know, when it's black and gold, I'm... I, That's why yeah, I said maybe I'm Williams, gonna, Tommy. I was covering off yeah, the clip. Covering off as yeah, looking like an idiot. Gonna... I'm going to put myself on the line and say this is just proof now that the rich energy stuff was absolutely rubbish. You know, everyone said, oh, it's the Alpha. And then the Alpha got launched. And it's like, oh, maybe it's the Haas. Oh, no, then the Haas got launched. And Williams and then the Williams merchandise got launched. And they were like, oh, maybe it's this. And it just seems to be like, you know, they had their announcement where they pretty much announced nothing. They just said, we've acquired a stake in a Formula One team. And and it was a classic like politicians thing where they speak, but don't actually tell you the point of what they're saying. It's just a lot of words. And for me, now every single car is getting released and there's no Legos. I think it's clear that they're just doing these things to get people talking about them. And, you know, at the end of the day, they've, they've gone for the approach of, any pub any sort of publicity is good publicity you you see you know clearly uh william's story uh 
you know he was tweeting the other day about Mazepin is a, a future world champion and stuff which while some <laughs> people may enough. believe that like fair enough if some people believe that but you just know with him it's clearly just bait like he's mm. saying that because he knows he's seen the reaction and he knows if he does that kind of thing and you know he's he's getting people talking so yeah i i would be amazed if rich energy are back i think it's just a load of rubbish personally yeah i think it's a load of nonsense should we use that word uh conveniently when rich energy were coming up with a statement saying you know that they were going to be an f1 uh they were promoting a sugar-free version of their rich energy drink which is to me super ironic seeing as you can't even buy the original stuff anywhere so why are they releasing a sugar-free version of it but um anyway i'm not here to promote the uh the products that rich energy are releasing uh but yeah i'm with you guys in that i think that it seems very very unlikely that we will see rich energy on a car this year they seem to suggest in this stupid uh video that william story released a few weeks ago that they could potentially be returning to the grid as a title sponsor for a team in 2022 uh but i think i also saw a pig flying outside my window so i wouldn't put any money on it yeah i mean that you know they could land on the moon couldn't yeah. they they'd just come out with anything um to to just stay in the public eye somehow somebody needs to make uh, like a bot account of like the next thing that rich energy are going to be doing is and come up with all these stupid scenarios yeah and you know people so i I see some people go you know don't give them the exposure why are you even talking about them because you know they were in formula one uh they're meme worthy they you know they they're a joke of a company we don't think that us talking about them is going to affect them being back or not if they're going to come back they will if they have the money they will doesn't seem like they have any money and they couldn't pay anyone but you know it's it's still a talking point either either way so it's like when the uh, nigerian prince came into formula one and had a very similar story didn't he um about uh pr- promising a energy drink and all this sort of stuff so it's very strange parallels there anyway moving on uh, away from uh, that team uh, moving on to aston martin's uh very unusual launch um seemed like more it was more of a, a rebrand and a relaunch of the entire team rather than just the car itself and fair to them it was different they tried to get people talking by putting very strange and random things in it um and overall i mean yeah that it wants to promote discussion i don't know if they went maybe a little bit overboard with some things uh, there's a few questions here uh, pmc gra says how awkward was it watching Gemma arterton interviewing seb lance and the others not having a clue what she was on about and having to try and read an auto cue and look at them get someone who knows something about formula one yeah that yeah I mean, it was it was it was awkward there was at one point she even said one second who am i talking to or something along those lines where uh clearly she didn't have a clue what question she was asking to who and it seemed really weird it, it was if it was premiered on youtube then it must have been pre-recorded right but for some reason that wasn't edited out and it's just a very strange odd launch um i, I liked the fact that they're trying to bring this british you know aston martin is our car amazing but some of the stuff was just top level awkward <laughs> uh, and yeah it was just it was quite hard to watch at times and i turned it off eventually yeah we were watching it there was a lot of um celebrity cameos wasn't there you, obviously you had oh yeah tom, tom brady. brady was a oh, very yeah, peculiar one um it's it's awkward this even um uh the, i can't remember his name tom fenton i think his name is the guy that plays draco malfroy and 
Felton? Yeah, Tom that's Felton? the one. Yeah. yeah. Drake, the place Draco in Harry Potter tweeted a picture of the, the livery. And it seems like they've got all these celebrities involved and influencers and stuff. But it it kind of, unfortunately, when, when they do these things and it's the same as Grand Prix, the problem is for Formula One fans, they look at these people and go, you don't care about Formula One. You've never cared about Formula One or tweeted about Formula One. Why why are you there it reminds me of a there was a great bit i watched um some highlights from baku the other day and uh at the start of the race you had christine aguilera waving <laughs> the flag and david coulthard on the commentary just goes uh, and here we see christina aguilera pretending to care about formula one and it's just so, and it's so <laughs> funny but it's so true that fans look at that a lot of the time and just go I don't really care, to be honest. I want to hear from Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll and find out, you know, what's happening with the car and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, fe- that's yeah. a very good point because because car launches aren't for the for the casual, are they? They're for yeah. the hardcore. The people that tune into car launches aren't going to be the ones that only watch a Sunday race. So it was a very strange way to go down that route of not really speaking to the drivers at all and it all being very forced and and scripted. Yeah. I suppose it's such a huge step in Aston Martin's like direction that maybe they wanted to make it this big song and dance um, and getting people like Gemma Arterton. I'm guessing she's got some previous history with Aston Martin. Maybe she's a brand rep or something like that. But um, she was also in Quantum of Solace, the Bond movie. And we saw plenty of references to the Bond franchise. We had a, a cameo from Daniel Craig, which looked like he was in some sort of hostage situation, the way it was recorded, it was <laughs> really far the rod. Yeah. So true. Um, and I did panic at one point because there was a question about, like, I love the James Bond movies. Um, and they said to Lance and Seb, uh, you know, who is James Bond and who is Q? And um, Q being the quartermaster for the Bond films. And they said, oh, I don't know who is Q. And they asked Gemma Arterton. And then she like froze. And I was thinking, don't tell me you've been a Bond girl. Don't tell me you don't know the difference between James Bond and Q. But um, yeah, the whole thing was just really strange and like I really like the opening sequence where they had this dramatic film and uh, the rapper Dave doing like a commentary over it I thought that was great gave me goosebumps really good but yeah the launch as a whole was just quite bizarre and uh, I, like they said Gemma Arterton is probably somebody that hasn't got a great deal of interest or knowledge in Formula One so People. oh no that's that's confirmed <laughs> yeah oh 100% you know, she was reading everything off the auto queue and uh, people yeah, uh, people just... tuning in and seeing Daniel Craig looking in a hostage situation, then it cutting to uh, Lawrence Stroll. People are probably like, oh, is this the new Bond movie? Literally. (laughs) like Lawrence Stroll is the perfect supervillain in any James Bond film, or any film for that matter. He is, quite frankly, a a scary man. He looked there like he he meant business. We we said it, didn't we, during our watch-along? He was the front and center of it he's kind of maybe sat back a little bit with the other teams but he was there front and center like i mean business this is my venture now we're gonna win it's, it really did kind of build that whole like super team vibe kind of thing where they're like we're we're taking over f1 we're we're gonna be massive yeah i, yeah, I like too. that i, I like yeah. that there's a it's big negative, personality like negative, lawrence stroll just for heads up for no absolutely because every because before he was very much sort of behind the scenes, didn't really say much to camera, but now I feel like he wants to take more of a, a front and centre role now that he's obviously uh, hugely yeah, involved. Yeah, that's good. And, um, you know, you, you, you get the feeling that, you know, if you 
if you put too much milk in his tea, he'll fight. <laughs> so uh, it's quite quite an interesting uh, dynamic that I think if if they do get towards the front of the field, how he will have run-ins with Toto Wolf and uh, Christian Horner and that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. And So, yeah, going to be very interesting to see how that all pans out. And I, and I hope Aston Martin do get towards the front because I like them as a brand and I think they've got a very cool-looking car and obviously want Seb to do well. I hope he does come back re- revitalised. I still have my doubts, but let's see in, let's see in Bahrain. Um, another question. Ostrich on toast. Who do you think will win the midfield battle? Aston Martin are looking pretty strong, in my opinion. I mean, Ostrich on Toast has clearly seen some pre- some b- private testing that, that we haven't seen. Obviously, we have to base it off last year, and I think overall racing point, Aston Martin, uh, were the fastest car over the course of the year. They just didn't really execute on some uh, in some races. So you have to say, yeah, going into to next or this season, uh, I would say Aston Martin are the favourite to be third uh, in the constructors. Not to say that that will definitely happen. They've got a huge amount of resource, so I, I think it's very likely. But uh, you have also got McLaren are on a, a strong upward trend as well, so it's going to be close, I think. Yeah, when I read this comment, I felt exactly the same thing. That it's funny, maybe, maybe Lawrence uh, Lawrence Stroll's talk worked because I've seen a lot of people saying, "Oh, Aston are looking, you know, looking good, aren't they? They're looking strong." Um, Sebastian Vettel is he going to challenge for race wins and all this kind of stuff and we just think we've not even had any pre-season testing yet this team has literally never driven in a Formula 1 session I know they were racing point last year and we can judge a little on that but if you're judging on that they're an upper midfield team so yeah clearly the the Aston hype has uh, worked with a lot of people because like you say like we said earlier they do seem to mean business that whole launch really did show like we're we're taking this very seriously and they they seemed like they were just you know a a big team that wanted to challenge the likes of mercedes ferrari and i think they're saying that in the in the media as well that you know they they want to be this massive massive brand they said that the british yeah exactly so it's kind of i guess the other side of it is if they become a total flop it's going to be quite embarrassing for them that they've got this big team mentality you saw it with uh bar you know they 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 came into the sport pumped loads of money in got a a former world champion in jack villeneuve and then the first year they were an absolute uh mess so i don't think it would be that bad but they definitely need to to deliver so yeah going to be interesting to see uh whether they do become a mercedes challenger one day yeah they can they can talk the talk but can they walk the walk is what we all want to know uh but yeah like you say they said all of these things that fans want to hear that they're going to be hopefully challenging for this and doing that uh but time will tell when we actually get to pre-season testing obviously the car looking at it looks very similar to the mercedes which Lots of people made that tracing point reference to the racing point last year. Uh, but sometimes, well, most of the time, there's more to actually how a car will perform than to maybe how it looks in a render that we get sent. But yeah, I'm looking forward to pre-season testing and even more so to Bahrain and seeing how they perform. Especially speaking about renders and there's there's a lot of yeah. um, secrecy over the Red Bull. And just just to mention that in terms of uh, people that don't know that that see these launch pictures and stuff you had mclaren uh, who tweeted a picture and it looked like 
obviously a lot of cars now with their livery they paint black all around the barge boards and under underneath so it kind of hides them a little bit and mclaren put a picture up on twitter and someone changed the exposure like a lot of people do when they want to see liveries and see a bit more of the car and stuff and they'd literally scribbled it out in photoshop all the barge boards and everything so it was just blacked out completely so a lot of teams already even even in launch photos they don't want to show anything Let's yeah, games begin. Yeah, you have to say that that's that's the way to go, isn't it? With the, with these launches, you don't want to give away anything. Um, what what's been our our favourite launch so far? Not livery, but launch. Um, I think off the top of my head, oh, it's really difficult. I think we said there's not been one where you've gone, oh my god, that is unbelievable. But then it is very difficult in COVID times. Of course, you have to be, you know, quite wary of that, don't you? But yeah, it's uh, McLaren's. Obviously, we had our our questions, didn't we? Alpine had the laggiest thing in the world. That was bad. Red Bull just launched a picture. That, that that's the thing we mentioned this on the watch alongs. <laughs> yeah, Red Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> Red Bulls was the best because yeah, it was just a picture. The, we've had this on the the watch alongs where, unfortunately, they're a little bit damned if they do, damned if they don't. Because we had the McLaren launch where you, know, you had thirty minutes of them playing the drums and all that kind of stuff and doing something a bit fun and having yeah. a bit of fan interaction and all that yeah like and then that. everyone's in the comments like oh a bit cringe come on where's the car and then equally you have red bull or house where it's just like here are the pictures and then some people Here's are like the car you, you know you've got all this money and publicity why would you not do some kind of launch so mercedes i think was the best launch exactly what we wanted we had insight from everybody mm. we heard from toto they Wolf leaked their own car early but so yeah. they didn't have to worry about leaks yeah that's such a strange strategy yeah, isn't yeah. It? i'm gonna say aston martin despite its flaws that just the fact that they they did something and they were they clearly wanted to put on a big launch event and they they knew there was so much hype around it and to be fair I think when we were watching the stream, there was something like 150,000 people watching it, so they did something right. Yeah. I'm going to go with Alfa Romeo because that was so Eurovision and corny at times, like the grand piano and this girl doing the dancing and all this kind of stuff. Um, But that actually took me a little bit by surprise and made me chuckle, so I'm going to go for... Alfa Romeo plus the car also look great but that's not part of the question. And, and the credits uh, poor Joe Benazzi yes. went over his face like the end of Monsters Inc where it covers Mike Incredible. <laughs> yeah. the poor guy honestly. Like Rob, Robert Kubica who's the reserve driver but obviously it's like Orlan and the, the sponsorship and stuff and they're like let's put the credits over Joe Benazzi. Poor, <laughs> poor kid. Uh, no, final question actually from uh, XRL Racing League. Should teams be allowed to change their livery mid-season maybe if they have a matte livery normally they can have gloss or metallic for night races interesting theory please yeah i don't i wouldn't mind you know if they wanted to tweak it i think full-blown changes like we see with helmets that would be ridiculous and stupid and not many people would be able to keep up with who's what uh if they were constantly changing liveries or that sort of stuff but i mean i don't have any problem with it i don't think it would change or i think it would be a waste of resource for a lot of formula one teams i think once they've once they've made their their car look a certain way that's it you know yeah the, the rest of the focus goes on actually developing yeah, if, it. Uh, if you watch indycar a lot of the uh based on the kind of 
where where it is in america and stuff they have different sponsors every race and it's the car might be like white and red one week and then the next it's blue and yellow and can be awfully confusing so i don't want to see that uh however yeah it would be nice to see maybe you know like how ferrari had their special livery at Mugello. one Mm. idea that has been thrown around before is nascar do something where they have a retro race and it's almost like goodwood revival where all the all the teams run retro liveries and the teams kind of have like their old school gear and they have a bit of fun with it and obviously we saw the ferrari and Mugello and mercedes when they did the um scratched paint on the white which didn't go well in germany we all remember uh so why not monaco because you know some some kids these days clearly don't like it and can't uh can't enjoy the race so get some get some be a livery off let's have it you have you run a classic livery uh for monaco as a special that would be so cool i'm gonna start a petition send it to stefano dominicali make this happen but that would be that sort of stuff is cool though yeah Yeah. i I like that as an idea yeah like when i saw this question um come up for the podcast i thought actually like i never thought of that before but having like a sparkly metallic livery for things like singapore and night races and stuff that would be so cool maybe they could do something like they used to have with the helmets where you could have like one livery change a season but then i suppose it could get confusing i think that is i'm not 100 percent sure but i feel like that might be a rule anyway or that they're at least one so like ferrari had it one year and red bull did the star wars thing at monaco and all that kind of stuff so then it has to be approved by all the teams but if you did one race where everyone's allowed to do it it might be quite fun i want the retro that would be so cool but you know, you know, as much as we'd it love to happen. see it, it's yeah, very exactly. unlikely. It takes a lot. <laughs> it's a nice idea. We can, we can dream yeah. though, right? Yeah. Excellent stuff. Um, right, guys. Tommy, final thoughts? Uh, oh, I did actually have a final thought. Um, oh, exciting. This isn't, this isn't paid. You know, because Beer52 sponsor this podcast, um, I actually got uh, sent a crate of Beer52 and one, uh, you like this, one of the beers in it was called Founder. I love how you said this well, isn't it is, paid. Well, it is actually it paid. Is. But as in, I, I've not been... We should probably yeah, clarify. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, I thought you'd appreciate that, that there was a founder. There was a, wow. a can of Founder in there. Wow. <laughs> Have you drunk it yet? I might, en- oh, I might okay. enjoy I it. I look forward to I'll seeing a, a video of you drinking yourself. Yeah. That's weird. I, I just said that out loud. That sounds really weird. <laughs> Katie, final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts. There is, I know there's a cider called Katie Cider, which is probably about the closest we're going to get, but I have no final thoughts apart from that. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much for that uh, insight. That uh, insight there, Katie. No worries. Cool. Uh, we've still got obviously some uh, liveries uh, to be released and, and launches to happen. So we will be doing a, a podcast ranking our favourite and worst uh, liveries uh, coming up next week. Uh, and that's pretty much it make sure to check out Beer 52 our sponsor thank you Tommy for the segue Uh, be sure to give us five stars thumbs up wherever you are whatever you're listening on or watching on Uh, and if you want to get involved with the questions then uh, hashtag WTF1 podcast and make sure to follow us on socials WTF1 official that's it thank you so much for watching or listening Bye. bye bye bye